ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد now we're in the chapter of the Adhan, Babul Adhan. We spoke previously about the times of the prayers, the timings of the prayers and the ahadith that are mentioned regarding the times of the prayers. And now the next chapter that Al-Hafid ibn Hajar, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentions here is the chapter of the Adhan. The Adhan and the Iqama. The iqama is also going to be spoken about in this chapter. Because the iqama, it can also be termed as an adhan. The iqama can also be called an adhan. So here this chapter is going to speak about the adhan and the iqama. The adhan and the iqama, or the adhan particularly, it is an announcement telling you about the entry of the time for the prayer. The adhan is the announcement by which you recognize that the time for the prayer has entered. And that's why it's befitting here that this chapter comes straight after the times of the prayers, because when the time of the prayer enters, this is the adhan that should then be done in order to highlight that the time of the prayer has now begun. And that's what the word adhan in Arabic means. Linguistically, adhan means to make an announcement. To make an announcement of some sort, that's what adhan linguistically means in the Arabic language. As for uh, in the legislation, then the adhan is not just any type of announcement, but it is an announcement to highlight that the time for the prayer has now entered using specific words. It is an announcement of specific words to indicate that the time of the prayer has now begun. And similarly, the, uh, the uh, iqama, the iqama is an announcement with specific words to indicate that the prayer is now to be established. The prayer is now to occur. Whereas the adhan is an announcement with specific words to indicate that the prayer time has begun. Uh, the adhan, it is legislated... And the evidences for that are in the Qur'an, the Sunnah, and the consensus. أَمَّا الْكِتَابِ فَقَوْلُهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَإِذَا نَادَيْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ اتَّخَذُوهَا هُزُوًا That if you are called to the prayer, or if you call to the prayer, then they take it in a mocking manner. And this is regarding some of the Jews and the Christians that when they used to hear the Adhan, then they would take that as a type of mockery. But the point of the ayah being the Adhan, وَإِذَا نَادَيْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ That if you call to the prayer. So that is one ayah in the Qur'an, amongst many ayat in the Qur'an, that talk about the call to the prayer, which is the Adhan. And so the evidence for the Adhan is found in the Qur'an itself. Similarly, it is found in the Sunnah, and that's one of the ahadith we're going to cover in this chapter, insha'Allah. And similarly, amongst the consensus, the consensus of the ummah upon this 
Adhan. As for how did the Adhan first begin? Where did the Adhan come from? How did it begin? Then the Shaykh, Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah, mentions the story here. Aslu Mashru'iyat Al-Adhan fi Islam, the origin of the legislation of the Adhan in Islam, أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لما هاجر إلى المدينة واجتمع المسلمون من المهاجرين والأنصار والقادمين على رسول الله صلى الله عليه that when the Prophet he made the hijrah and went to Medina and the Muslims they gathered around him and there was the muhajirun and the ansar and others who were coming upon Medina to settle there فكانوا بحاجة إلى أن يعرفوا دخول الوقت والحضور للصلاة so all of these Muslims that are now gathered together in Medina, they were in need of knowing when the time for the prayer begins and when to come together in the masjid to congregate for the prayer. They needed a way to be able to know when that time is to congregate together that the time has started in order to pray in the congregation. So they had some discussions over what they should do something that they should have that highlights to them that the time for their prayer has begun. فَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ So some of them said, نَتَّخِذُ نَاقُوسًا That we should take uh, a type of bell. We should have like a bell. And when the bell rings, then we will know that is the time for the prayer. However, this bell, it is similar to what the Christians they take and what the Christians they have in their churches. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said regarding that, ذَلِكَ nasara, That is for the Christians, that they have the bell. And that is because we as the Muslims have been prohibited from imitating other religions. So the Christians, they use the bell and that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, that is for the Christians, and we are not to imitate that. مَنْ تَشَبَّهَ بِقَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ Whoever imitates uh, a people, then he's from them. Then some of them said, نَتَّخِذُ بُوقًا Some of them said we should take a book which is like a, a horn or a trumpet. We should take like a horn or a trumpet. And when we blow that, the sound of that will indicate the prayer time. But that was something that the Jews used to use. So the Prophet ﷺ said, ذَلِكَ لِلْيَهُودِ That is for the Jews. Some of them said, maybe we should light a fire. Have some high post where we light a fire on it. And when everybody sees the fire lighting, then they will recognize that this is the time of the prayer. However, the Prophet ﷺ explained to them that this is the activity of the fire worshippers. The majus, هَذَا فِعْلُ الْمَجُوسِ This is what the fire worshippers they do. So then they dispersed. After having given some of these ideas, and some of those ideas the Prophet ﷺ explained were not suitable, then after that they dispersed. And that's where this first hadith comes. This first hadith, عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بن زَيْد ابن عَبْدِ رَبِّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, رضي الله عنه قال طاف بي وأنا نائم رجل فقال تقول الله أكبر الله أكبر فذكر الأذان بتربيع التكبير 
بغير ترجيع والإقامة فرادا إلا قد قامت الصلاة قال فلما أصبحت أتيت رسول الله صلى الله فقال إنها لرؤيا حق This first hadith speaks about a dream that one of the companions he had. And in fact, the adhan, that was also one of the dreams. So the adhan was narrated by Abdullah ibn Abd Rabbihi al-Ansari al-Khazraji radiyallahu anhu. He says that somebody came to him in a dream. And the dream was about this issue of the adhan and what should we use to highlight to us the time for the adhan is begun. So he says that he saw with this man a bell. فَقَالَ لَهُ أَعْطِنِي إِيَّا فَقَالَ مَاذَا تَسْنَعُ بِهِ قَالَ نَدْعُ بِهِ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَالَ أَلَا أَدُلُّكَ عَلَى خَيْرٍ مِنْ ذَلِكَ So he says, I saw in this dream a man and he had a bell. So I said to him, give me the bell. He said, why do you want the bell? He said, we will use it for the adhan. But then in the dream, the man said to him, I will show you something better than the bell. I'll tell you something, I'll show you something better than the bell. So, the companion, Abdullah ibn Abd radiallahu anhu, in the dream, he says, then I said, yes, show me. Then, that was when this narration came in, as we mentioned. He said to him, the adhan, the words of the adhan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, all of the words of the adhan. And then, at the end of it, it mentions... ثُمَّ أَلْقَى عَلَيْهِ الْإِقَامَةَ فُرَادًا Then the iqama was done single, single. فَحَفِذَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ إِبْنِ زَيْدَ الْفَاضَهُمَا فِي الرُّؤْيَا So Abdullah ibn Zayd, he memorized the words of this adhan. This is what the dream had shown him. He had seen a man with a bell, but the man with a bell said, I'll tell you something better, as a, an announcement for the time of the prayer. And he showed him these words, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. All of the words of the Adhan. So he saw in the dream these words of the Adhan. So he memorized them from his dream, these words that would be the Adhan. So he memorized them, and when he woke up, he came to the Prophet ﷺ and he told him about this dream that he had, about these words, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, the words of the Adhan. And that should be used as an adhan. So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, إِنَّهَا لَرُؤْيَا حَقٍّ That is a truthful dream. أَلْقِهَا عَلَى بِلَالٍ فَإِنَّهُ أَنْدَى مِنْكَ سَوْتًا Go and tell Bilal of these words because he can elevate his voice greater than you. Go and tell Bilal because he can elevate his voice, raise his voice and give the call in a better manner. So then Bilal radiyallahu anhu used to make the adhan. فَلَمَّا سَمِعَهُ عُمَرْ وَكَانَ فِي بَيْتِهِ جَاءَ يَجُرُّ رِدَاءَهُ وَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَأَنَا رَأَيْتُ مِثْلَ هَذَا So when Umar radiyallahu anhu heard this adhan, he left his house and he came dragging his clothes and he said to the Prophet ﷺ, I saw this too. I had seen this dream also with this adhan and these wordings of the adhan. So what was that hadith then and what was the dream? This is the hadith then. Abdullah ibn Zayd ibn Abd Rabbihi radiallahu anhu, he says that a person came, with me, came to me whilst I was asleep and he said, you should say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. 
فذكر الأذان بتربيع التكبير بغير ترجيع والإقامة فرادا This was the wording of the Adhan and now the Shaykh will explain that wording of the Adhan from this hadith. So he says, the hadith indicates the legislation of making the Adhan for the five prayers. قَوْلُهُ بِتَرْبِيعِ التَّكْبِيرِ مَعَنَاهُ الْإِتْيَانِ بِالتَّكْبِيرِ أَرْبَعَ مَرَّاتِ So in the hadith it says that he did the takbir four times at the beginning. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. <coughs> the takbir was done four times at the beginning. Min ghayri tarji' Without doing the tarji' The tarji' is when a person says Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Four times. How? Twice quietly to himself and twice loudly. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, and then he says it loudly. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, and same with Ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah, and then loudly Ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. But that was not in this hadith. That repetition of the Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah, that repetition was not mentioned in this hadith. فهو لم يأتي بالترجيع في حديث عبد الله بن زيد. In some narrations it's mentioned. In some narrations it's mentioned that you should do the quiet one than the loud one. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, then ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Quietly then loud. Same with ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, then ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. But that repetition, quiet then loud, was not mentioned in this hadith. In the dream that Abdullah ibn Zayd had, that repetition was not mentioned. That is in another narration of Abu Mahdura, which will come later. Then it's mentioned that Al-Imam Ahmad, he also added to this narration an addition. Zada Al-Imam Ahmad fi akhirihi qissata qawli Bilal fi adhan al-fajr as-salatu khayrun min al-nawm. He narrated the addition from Bilal ibn Abi Rabah, who was the freed slave of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhumah. And he used to be a slave of Abu Jahl or Al-Walid ibn al-Mughira. And then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu bought him and then freed him. And that's why it is said, لِهَذَا يَقُولُ أَحَدُ الصَّحَابَ أَبُو بَكَرْ سَيِّدُنَا وَأَعْتَقَ سَيِّدَنَا One of the companions used to say that Abu Bakr is the one in charge, the leader, and he has freed the one who is in charge also, Bilal. So in that version, there is the addition, As-salatu khayru min al-nawm. When you get to that section afterwards, for the morning prayer, As-salatu khayru min al-nawm, wa hadhi ziyada tuqalu fi akhiri adhan al-fajr. And that's the addition that you say at the end of the adhan for fajr. After the person says, Hayya ala al-falah, Hayya ala al-falah, then you say, As-salatu khayru min al-nawm. And this is, Something which is mentioned in an addition to the narration of Abdullah ibn Zayd in the narration of Ahmad. That is also mentioned in the following narration which comes, which is the hadith of Ibn Khuzayma from Anas radiallahu anhu. قال من السنة إذا قال المؤذن في الفجر حي على الفلاح قال الصلاة خير من النوم. That it is from the Sunnah that if the muaddin says. When he gets to the bit where he says "Hayya ala al-falah," then after that he should add "As-salatu khayrun min al-nawm," 
And that is mentioned in this narration of Ibn Khuzayma, who uh, mentions that from Anas radiallahu anhu. فهاتان الروايتان تدلان على أنه يزاد في أذان الفجر بعد قول حي على الفلاح الصلاة خير من النوم وذلك لأن الناس في هذا الوقت يكونون نائمين في الغالب فينبهون بهذه الكلمة and that is because the majority of the people will be asleep at that time and therefore you alert them and wake them up that uh, uh, the prayer is about to begin with this statement also that the prayer is better than sleep that's the first narration then from the first narration, we see that the companions, they were deciding, discussing how some type of announcement should be done in order to highlight that the time for the prayer has begun. So some of them mentioned that it should be a bell, some of them mentioned a trumpet, a horn, some of them mentioned lighting a fire. But in the end, it was the dream of Abdullah ibn Zayd, radiallahu anhu, where he saw that a man narrated these words to him. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah, hayya ala al-falah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Those words, he saw them in a dream. And then he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he told him, this is what I saw. And the Prophet ﷺ said, that is a truthful dream. And then afterwards, Umar radiallahu anhu heard that, he came and he said, I saw the same dream. So that's how the Adhan first became established. The other narration we have here though, is the narration of Abu Mahdura. In the narration of Abu Mahdura, أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَّمَهُ الْأَذَانِ he says that the Prophet ﷺ taught him the Adhan. فَذَكَرَ فِيهِ تَرْجِيعٍ And he mentioned in his Adhan that the Prophet ﷺ taught him and that he told him to do the quiet one and the loud one. أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ 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 Quietly and then loud. In this narration, Abu Mahdura says that the Prophet ﷺ taught him like that to do the repetition. And it's a hadith which is in Muslim. وَلَكِنْ ذَكَرَ التَّكْبِيرِ فِي أَوَّلِهِ مَرَّتَيْنِ فَقَطْ وَرَوَاهُ الْخَمْسَ فَذَكَرُوهُ مُرَبَّعًا There are even some narrations where the Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, the takbir at the beginning is only once, i.e. one repetition. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and then straight to Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. But the narration of the majority of them has the four. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. But the point here is the issue of the tarji'ah. The tarji'ah, to say it quietly and then to say it loud. To say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah quietly first and then to say it loud. As for the narrator of this hadith, then firstly, Abu Mahdura, that's his kunya. As for his name, then it's differed about. Some of the scholars said it's Aus al Jumahi al Qurashi. Some of them said Samura ibn Ma'in. Um, and there is a story that is mentioned concerning him as well, uh, that the Shaykh quotes here. However, the point being that he narrates this particular narration and says that the Prophet ﷺ taught him to do the repetition. So this hadith seems to be conflicting with the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd in two issues. It seems to be conflicting 
opposing the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd in two issues. One of them is the repetition, to say it quietly first, Ashhadu an illallah, then to say it loud, Ashhadu an illallah, and the same with Ashhadu an Muhammad Rasulullah, Ashhadu an Muhammad Rasulullah. That repetition wasn't mentioned in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd. And similarly, in one of the narrations of this hadith, that Allahu Akbar is only said once at the beginning. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then he moves straight to Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. So we have these two differences. The Shaykh says then, regarding these differences now, so so far we have three versions of the Adhan. So far we have three versions. One is the standard version that most people will be aware of and what you hear. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Hayy ala salah, hayy ala salah, hayy ala falah, hayy ala falah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. That's one. Then we have the other version which is Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah to the end. So you only say Allahu Akbar twice at the beginning. That's another version. Third version is that you say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Then, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, 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 Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. The repetition. So there's three versions of the Adhan that you've got. The Shaykh says, Shaykh Saleh al-Fawzan, فَيَكُونُ الْعَمَلْ إِذًا عَلَى تَرْبِيعِ التَّكْبِيرَاتِ فِي الْأَذَانِ لِأَنَّهُ ثَبَتَ فِي الْحَدِيثَيْنِ فِي حَدِيثِ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ زَيْدِ وَفِي حَدِيثَ بِمَحْذُورَةِ فِي رِوَايَةِ غَيْرِ مُسْلِمٍ وَلِأَنَّ تَرْبِيعَ التَّكْبِيرِ هُوَ أَذَانُ بِلَالٍ وَأَذَانُ بْنُ مَكْتُومٍ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ فِي حَضْرَةِ نَبِيِّ سَلَّمَ فَيَتَرَجَّحُ بِهَذَا عَلَى الْأَذَانِ الَّذِي فِي مَكَّةَ لأن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يسمعه كل يوم خمس مرات وربما يكون ناسخا لحديث بمحظورة فالحاصل العمل أن العمل على رواية تربيع التكبير وهو قول جماهير أهل العلم فاسد الشيخ says that the issue of whether you say الله أكبر twice at the beginning only الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله or four times الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله the Shaykh says it is the four times, and that is the uh, opinion of the majority of the people of knowledge, because that is mentioned in more narrations than just the twice. That is mentioned in the hadith of uh, Abdullah ibn Zayd, and also in the hadith of Abu Mahdura, in other than the narration of Muslims. So there are multiple narrations that say four times at the beginning. And that was what Bilal and Ibn Umm Maktoum Radiallahu anhum I used to do in Medina four times. And the Prophet used to hear that. And so that is an evidence also that this was correct four times. And so the Shaykh says that the uh, correct thing to do with regards to that and what the majority of the scholars they do and what they say is that the takbir at the beginning should be four times. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Then Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. So that's that issue. The Shaykh says the majority of the scholars are upon that. There are more narrations indicating the authenticity of that. Plus the fact that uh, Bilal and Ibn Umm Maktoum, they both used to do that in Medina radiallahu anhumah, and the Prophet used to hear that all the time. 
So the shaykh concludes that the four times at the beginning is what should be done regarding the Allahu Akbar. Then after that, the shaykh continues, and the issue of the, the repetition will come too. The shaykh continues on to the next narration, which is the narration of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu qal. أُمِرَ بِلَالٌ أَنْ يَشْفَعَ الْأَذَانِ شَفْعًا وَيُوتِرَ الْإِقَامَةِ إِلَّا الْإِقَامَةِ يعني إِلَّا قَوْلِهِ إِلَّا قَوْلَهُ قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ مُتَّفَقًا عَلَيْهِ وَلَمْ يَذْكُرْ مُسْلِمٌ الْإِسْتِثْنَاءِ وَالْنِّسَاءِ أُمِرَ أَمْرًا لِمِسَسَلَّمْ بِلَالًا In this hadith then now it mentions that Bilal he was commanded to repeat the adhan to make that in twos to do duels, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al-falah, Hayya ala al-falah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, to do everything in twos. And in the iqama, to make it odd, i.e. to make it singular. And this is what's going to be mentioned here now. Ma'ana yashfa'a al-adhan, yukarrir al-fadahu marratan thaniya wa arba'a marrat. Wa ma'ana yuturu al-iqama, ayyadhkur al-fadaha marratan wahida. إِلَّا قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ So except for when you say قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ Then the rest of the iqama should be done once only. The rest of the iqama is once only. But the قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ is repeated. قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ فَإِنَّهَا تُشْفَعْ أَيْ تُكَرَّ وَشَفْعْ كَمَا تَقَدَّمَ يَشْمَلْ مَرَّتَيْنِ وَيَكُونُ أَكْثَرْ لِيَكُونَ تَرْبِيعًا والحكمة والله أعلم في شفع الأذان وإفراد الإقامة أن الأذان يكون لدعوة الناس الغائبين. هذا الشيخ says maybe the reason why the adhan is to be repeated whereas the iqama is not is because the adhan is an announcement to alert the people. So repeating it will be extra for people to hear and to understand and to realize that it's the time for their prayer. Whereas the iqama the people are already present. And all you want to do then is just to highlight to them that we're starting now. They're already there. Whereas the adhan, you need to bring them from the outside to make them alert. And that's why the adhan is done in a more elongated fashion, with a raised voice, repeated wordings. Whereas the ikhama, it does not require that. It doesn't require a raised voice or elongated sounds. It doesn't require any of that because the people are already there and they are present. Whereas the adhan, the people are not present yet, you need to bring them in from the outside. And that's why it's mentioned that perhaps the adhan is to be doubled. And that's the wisdom behind it. And the iqama is singular. Uh, and this command, it is from the Prophet ﷺ. It is the Prophet ﷺ who commanded Bilal to make the adhan into doubles and to make the iqama into singulars. Amara, meaning the Prophet ﷺ commanded Bilal. Because in the other narration he says, Umira. But here it's clear that the command was from the Prophet ﷺ himself to do that. So all of these narrations now then, what do we learn from all of them? Firstly, we learn that the Adhan, it is legislated in the religion. By the Qur'an, the Sunnah and the consensus for the five prayers. As is the Iqama. We've just seen now in this hadith about the Iqama too. So the Adhan and the Iqama, both of them are legislated in the religion. These are the proofs. The Adhan... It is to announce to the people the beginning of the time of the prayer. The iqama is to announce to the people that the prayer is going to be established right now. Secondly, there is an evidence in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd that certain dreams, they can be truthful. وَقَدْ أَخْبَرَ Sallam And the Prophet told us that truthful dreams are 146th of prophethood. 
And the first thing that began in terms of the revelation were the truthful dreams. And this is where Ibn al-Qayyim has mentioned that dreams are different types. Here we had the dream of Abdullah ibn Zayd and Umar radiallahu anhuma also mentioned that he had the dream. And certain types of dreams, they are truthful dreams. But dreams are different types. Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned in Kitab al-Ruh that dreams are three types. One type of dreams is that which occurs from your daily activities. Dreams that occur because you were walking down the road and you saw something and that remains in your mind. So when you go to sleep, you remember that and you have a dream concerning it. These types of dreams, they have no meaning to them. They have no impact. They have no effect. They are random dreams about things that you remember. And the majority of dreams will be of this nature. Majority of dreams will just be of the nature where you remember something in your daily life, your routine, something occurs to you, and then you have a dream about that at night. It's a random dream without any meaning to it, just random things that occurred, something you saw, and you dream about it. So that type, there is no benefit to them. There is no benefit to them, they are just random dreams. And that's why people make a mistake whenever they have any random dream, they want to go get an interpretation. These types, Ibn Qayyim said, they are random dreams, they have no meaning to them. Random things that you see from your daily life and something you remember and you have a dream about. Secondly, are the dreams that occur from the shaytan. And that is because the shaytan, he can overcome uh, the humans when they sleep. So he makes them imagine these things in their dreams. Fearful types of dreams or dreams that cause them to worry and be concerned. Dreams that cause them to become frightened. All of these types of things that can occur from the shaitan, he may come and cause that to occur to an individual at night. A person protects himself from that by reciting the correct du'as, supplications, ayat al-kursi, uh, the mu'awwidatayn, surah al-ikhlas. A person reads these types of supplications before sleep in order to protect himself, makes the wudu, etc., all of these things to protect himself from the whisperings of the shaitan at night. So these are evil dreams, and if a person has them, it's mentioned in the sunnah, that you can get up and spittle to that side, uh, or that you get up also and move the side you are sleeping on. If you are sleeping flat on your back when you had the dream and you awaken, then sleep on your right hand side. And if you were on your right hand side when you had the dream, then turn and sleep on your back upwards. So change the direction of your sleep. Similarly, it's mentioned in the sunnah, if you have an evil dream, you can get up and go make wudu and pray two raka'at, and then go to sleep again. But you do not mention these dreams to anybody, because they are from the shayateen, they have no interpretations to them, and you're not supposed to go and get them interpreted. That's another mistake people make. They say, I saw these things, I saw snakes, and I saw this person dying, and I saw this, and I saw that. These are evil dreams, they are not to be interpreted. These types of dreams, the shaykh says, you're not supposed to go look for interpretations. The evil dreams from the shaitan. Make wudu, pray to raka'at, change the direction of your sleeping, leave the affair and don't mention it to anyone. They will not affect a person. They will not harm the person by the permission of Allah. So when somebody has one of these evil dreams, that's all he do. Not to go out there looking for interpretations, I saw this, I saw that. Does it mean this is bad going to happen, that bad's going to happen? 
You don't speak about these affairs of this nature, you leave those dreams, and they won't affect a person, inshallah ta'ala. The third type are the righteous dreams, the truthful dreams. And these occur via the angels. Via the angels, by the permission of Allah, then these truthful dreams, they occur to an individual. So the angels, they may come to a person whilst he's asleep, and they cause him to see these things in his dream. And that is from the glad tidings. As the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّهُ لَمْ يَبْقَ مِنْ مُبَشِّرَاتِ النَّبُوَّةِ إِلَّا الرُّؤْيَ صَالِحَةِ يَرَاهَ الْمُسْلِمُ أَوْ تُرَالَهِ The hadith in Sahih Muslim that there is nothing left from the glad tidings of prophethood except the righteous dreams, the truthful dreams. A person sees them, a Muslim sees them, or he is caused to see them. So these are the truthful dreams that occur from the angels. And that is what occurred to Yusuf ﷺ, to Ibrahim ﷺ. As it's mentioned in the various ayat of the Quran and to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and it can occur to other people also, these truthful dreams. So here we see that Abdullah ibn Zaydi had one of these truthful dreams where it was mentioned about how to do the adhan. Also, there is an evidence in the narrations that we have seen that there is a difference between how the adhan and the iqamah should be done. There is a difference between how the adhan and the aqama should be done. As for the adhan, then it is 15 words. How is it 15 words? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. That's four. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Six. Ashhadu an Muhammad Rasulullah. Ashhadu an Muhammad Rasulullah. Then Hayy ala Salah, Hayy ala Salah, Hayy ala Falah, Hayy ala Falah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah. Fifteen. So the adhan is fifteen sentences. The adhan is fifteen sentences. As for the iqama, it is eleven sentences. أَمَّا الْإِقَامَةِ فَهِيَ إِحْدَى عَشَرَةَ كَلِمَةً مُفْرَدَةً مَا عَدَى كَلِمَتَيْنِ التكبير فِي أَوَّلِهَا وَفِي آخِرِهَا That's 11. So how do you do the iqama to make it 11 sentences? الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن إله إلا الله أشهد أن نحن رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله 11 sentences So you see that the adhan is 15 sentences and the iqama is 11 sentences and that the adhan is to be done in a loud voice whereas the iqama is done in a standard voice the iqama isn't to make an announcement to people it's simply to tell them now the prayer is about to begin the adhan is what should be done in a loud voice which you're going to come to as well in order to announce to the people. Also in these ahadith we learn that the strongest opinion is to make the four takbirat at the beginning, not the two. Uh, also, what we saw was from these narrations that the majority of them and the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd seems to indicate that the repetition of the shahadatain is not something which should be done. To say, Ashhadu an ilaha illallah quietly and then loudly. From the narrations and the dream of Abdullah ibn Zayd, it wasn't mentioned. It would therefore indicate that it shouldn't be done. لِأَنَّهُ هُوَ الَّذِي أُذْذِنَ بِهِ عِنْدَ رَسَلَ سَلَّمْ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ 
وأما الترجيع الوارد في حديث أبي محذورة فهذا كان في مكة As for when the repetition used to occur that was in Mecca Without the repetition that was the adhan that was done in Medina in the presence of the Prophet Some of the scholars however say it's permissible to do the repetition It's mentioned in this narration of Abu Mahdura So some of the scholars say there's no problem if sometimes a person did the adhan with the repetition When he got to the bit Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah He says it quietly to himself Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah And then loudly Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah if a person did it like that sometimes, not always though in every adhan, but sometimes if a person did the adhan that way, some of the scholars, they say there's no problem with that because it is in Sahih Muslim, that hadith. But because all of the other multiple narrations don't mention that, the majority of the scholars, they say, stick to the non-repetition style of adhan. Uh, also, there was the evidence that in the Fajr adhan, when it comes to making the Fajr Adhan, you add the extra words, which are, the extra words? As-salatu khayru min al-num. So when you get to Hayya ala salah Hayya ala al-falah, then you add the extra words, As-salatu khayru min al-num, twice. And this is because the Prophet ﷺ commanded Bilal to do that. Uh, however, As-salatu khayru min al-num, we said for Fajr there are two Adhans. If there are two Adhans for Fajr, one which is the first Adhan, we talked about the two Fajrs that can occur in the morning. If an Adhan is done for both of them, then in which Adhan do you say, As-Salatu Khairun Min al The first one or the second one? The Shaykh says, هَذَا مَحَلُّ خِلَافٍ بَيْنَ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ there is a difference of opinion amongst the scholars regarding that. The majority of them say you say that in the second adhan. Some of them say though it's to be done in the first adhan. Because they say when that first adhan happens, that's when everybody's asleep. That's when you need to wake them up. So say to them, As-salatu khayrun min al-nawm. وَلَكِنْ لَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَ الْأَذَانِ الْأَوَّلِ وَالْأَذَانِ الثَّانِ مُدَّةً طَوِيلًا But the sunnah is not to have a big gap. Between the first adhan and the second adhan anyway. أَمَّا إِذَا أَذَّنَ مُبَكِّرًا كَأَنْ يُؤَذِّنْ قَبْلَ الْفَجْرِ بِسَاعَتَيْنِ فَلَا يَقُولُ الصَّلَاةُ خَيْرُ مِنَ النَّوْمِ However, if the first adhan was done a long time before the second adhan was going to be done, then in that case you don't say الصَّلَاةُ خَيْرُ مِنَ النَّوْمِ in it. If there's still another two hours before fajr is going to be prayed, then don't say الصَّلَاةُ خَيْرُ مِنَ النَّوْمِ in the first adhan. It's too far yet. But if it's done properly and close to the time, then you say it. وَإِنَّمَا يَقُولُ هَذَا فِي الْأَذَانِ الْأَوَّلِ الَّذِي قُبَيْلَ طُلُوعِ الْفَجَرِ Rather, that is done if it is just before the time of Fajr. Just like in the hadith, إِنَّ بِلَالًا يُؤَذِّنُ بِلَيْلِ فَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يُؤَذِّنُ ابْنُ أُمَّكْتُومِ That Bilal, he makes the adhan at night, i.e. in the first Fajr. So continue to eat and drink until Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum makes the adhan. And that's in Bukhari and Muslim. And there didn't used to be a big gap whatsoever between the first adhan of Bilal and the second adhan of Abdullah ibn Maktoum radiyallahu anhumah. There wasn't a big gap. If there isn't a big gap, then in the first adhan you can say as-salatu khayru min al-nawm. But if there's going to be a big gap, the first adhan is done very early, then don't say as-salatu khayru min al-nawm in the first adhan, but say it in the second one. As-salatu khayru min al-nawm. That's because there wasn't a big gap. Like we said, if there isn't a big gap between the first and the second, then say it. Mm. 
And so Bilal, he used to do the adhan just before the actual time was going to enter. Not very far away from it. And then straight afterwards, it's, it's mentioned in some narrations, Bilal used to come down and almost straight away afterwards, Abdullah ibn Maktoum used to go up. So there's a very close gap. In that instance, you can say it in the first one. But the Shaykh is saying it's going to be a big gap if somebody ends up doing the first adhan very early, then don't say Asalatu Khairu Min and No minute. But like Bilal, radiallahu anhu, used to do it right at the end time, close to the actual time, then say it. Because then people need to get up now and get ready and start preparing. Uh, that's the first section then. And next time we'll start with some of the details of how you're supposed to give the adhan, where you're supposed to put your hands, etc. How you're supposed to look, where you're supposed to turn. Those types of things are all going to be mentioned in the following ahadith which are coming. Now that we've understood what are the words that you're supposed to say in the adhan and what's the strongest opinions regarding some of those issues. So we'll continue with that from uh, next lesson inshallah. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين